In this episode, we are going to continue examining the 11 precepts of the hollow bones and order. The first six, which we covered in uh, part one and part two of this series, were to affirm life, act generously, be loving, manifest truth, respect clarity, and honor silence. The next three, which we will cover in this episode, are to celebrate others, be giving, and embody compassion. Alright, so let's get started. First, celebrate others. I rejoice in the good fortune of others. I do not, through my thoughts, words, or actions, separate myself from others through coveting, envy, or jealousy. Let's take this bit by bit. First off, I rejoice in the good fortune of others. That's exactly what it sounds like. When something good happens to somebody else, we're happy for them. And genuinely happy for them. I do not, through my thoughts, words, or actions, separate myself from others through coveting, envy, or jealousy. This one gets a little bit trickier, right? It's the same concept, just flipped around. I rejoice in the good fortune of others, and while they are experiencing their good fortune, we do not separate ourselves from them through these feelings of coveting, envy, or jealousy. And this is kind of easier said than done, but one of the important things is the realization of non-self. The realization of non-self creates unity with all life by understanding that we are no different from each other and in fact share the same common awareness. With this understanding that we share a common awareness and that our subject-object relationship of I am me in here and they are them out there is illusionary in the sense that our relationship only coexists, there is no separation between our existence, there's much less reason to feel coveting, envy, or jealousy. My brother's success, my sister's success, is my success. And with that change in perspective that comes from non-self, this rejoicing in the good fortune of others and uh, choosing not to covet uh, or feel envy or jealousy, towards other successes becomes quite simple. So as is the root of all of these teachings, personal realization is key. So we must sit with these things. However, it is important to remember that the mind is conditioned by our body and our body is conditioned by our mind. And the reason that is important is because by practicing positively, by engaging positively, with our neighbors and practicing this rejoicing, even if it might not be completely genuine at this point, we can start to water those positive seeds inside our mind. And as we practice more, we get better at it. So that becomes an easier path to take. Uh, on the contrary, if we are constantly feeling jealousy and facilitating that emotion and encouraging that emotion within ourselves, we're watering a negative seed. We're watering this jealous plant and that plant goes stronger and stronger and stronger. And there's lots of parables throughout um, all of spirituality that kind of feed on this same concept of whatever you do more, you get better at. So if you act jealous often, you will become very good at being jealous. Making choices to behave a different way sets our mind up to respond differently as those events occur. So as we celebrate others, we're practicing this, and at first it might not be totally genuine, but we're trying. And as we try, we get better at it. And as we try and get better at it, 
when we sit, we're more likely to realize the truth of non-self, the truth of emptiness, the truth of codependent arising. These are the key concepts in Buddhism um, that lead us to seeing through to our own true nature and experiencing this freedom and joy of a, of a positive and happy life. This kind of ties right into the next one, which is to be giving. The formal explanation of being giving is that I give generously of myself, sharing freely my love, my gifts, my talents, and my abundance for the benefit of all. I do not selfishly withhold. I do not add any more suffering to the world. And I think that explains it very nicely. And again, this ties into the previous one in that we give generous, we give freely of our love. We give freely of our talents. We're not selfishly withholding anything. We're not selfishly withholding praise because it somehow diminishes our talents. Our talents are exactly the same whether our neighbor does well or not. And by practicing this free giving of love and sharing of talents and uh, exploration of our gifts and appreciating the gifts of others, we benefit our community. And by benefiting our community, we benefit ourselves. It's very important that we do not add additional suffering to any of our fellow human beings. Life is hard enough as it is, as we are all very well aware. By being cognizant of our actions and by giving freely and by following these other precepts, we've established a pattern of behavior that can actually help alleviate some of the suffering, or at the very least not add to it. And so it's very important that we remember it's not enough in this practice to find a happy place for me. If I am not out there creating a happy environment for others, I'm not fulfilling my duties in this practice. So this practice is a very engaging practice. The way we interact with others is extremely important. And so we must embody compassion. To embody compassion means that we recognize and enlighten our greed, anger, and ignorance. We transform our negative emotions and act with equanimity, sympathetic joy, compassion, and loving kindness. This is probably the the crux or the the keystone of this entire process. All of our meditative awareness, all of our meditative compassion, all of our practice must be embodied. We can only bring it into the world through our physical form, and we can only engage with others through our physical form, through actions. And so we must embody this compassion and this wisdom that, of this universal awareness, this universal life. And by doing so, we recognize within us that there are these, they're called the klesas, or the three poisons of greed, anger, and ignorance. Pretty much every major bad thing that happens in our life or negative reaction that we have can be lumped into one of these categories of greed, anger, and ignorance. So they're kind of a catch-all for our negative habitual reactions. In embodying compassion and following this precept, we say that I transform my negative emotions and act with equanimity, sympathetic joy, compassion, and loving kindness. This repeats itself in the four awakened vows, the second one of which is, however deep and elusive my shadow states are, I vow to experience and enlighten them all. This is a keystone of the bodhisattva path. By embodying compassion, we must look deeply at our habitual reactions, understand where we act out of greed, anger, or ignorance, 
and seek to transform them through meditative compassionate awareness. Up to this point, these other eight precepts have been giving us guidelines and barometers with which to gauge our activity. How are we embodying compassion? Well, embodying compassion means that we're basically fulfilling precepts one through eight. We are affirming life, acting generously, being loving. We are manifesting truth, respecting clarity, and honoring silence. We are celebrating others, and we are being giving. Okay, got it. Now I'm embodying compassion. And as I embody compassion, the world around me changes. My perspectives change. I water more and more positive seeds. It becomes easier and easier to act out of wisdom and compassion. And as I do so, the people around me experience the true freedom and joy of this living, of this Zen mind, of experiencing the world as it really can be. So this embodiment of compassion isn't just for us. It's for everyone around us. It's for everyone that we interact with. And just a little tidbit, a little hint, if you will, if you want to know what you need to work on, ask someone close to you. They know. If you don't quite know what your triggers are, or if you think you're doing really well about being a great guy or a great girl, and you want to have something to work on, ask your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, and uh, I'm pretty sure that they'll give you something that, they, that you can work on, another step you can take on your path. And with each step on that path, it gets a little bit easier. You'll be closer and closer to true realization. You'll be better at catching your habitual negative reactions and better at transforming them. So don't be afraid to find out where you need work, because through our angst, we find our liberation.